Welcome back. Thanks for joining us for another amazing week of Sluts and Scholars, where you can have your alphabet soup and fuck it too. So we are joined this week by my co-host, the amazing Simone. Hello. And we are also joined by Ava, and I will let Simone give Ava a little introduction. Oh, well, thank you, Nicoletta, and thank you, Ava, for being here today. Ava is our friend and one of our favorite slutty scholars that we know. She has a degree in gender and women's studies from UC Berkeley. She's also trained as a dominatrix, and in case you were concerned she couldn't get any cooler, she's also in the middle of working on a queer sci-fi novel. And I'm willing to put my, like, Stanford by biases aside for the greater good of this conversation. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. But after this, after I hate this, you. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ava, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so, how do you identify sexually or queer. sexuality to you? I identify as queer and I had a really long and hard journey coming to that identity and actually going to so I was I studied gender women studies LGBT studies because I love philosophy but I was always just super queer as a kid and what do you mean a young adult well I think there's some people listening who know what queer means or maybe they have different definitions what do you define as queer I think that queer one of the reasons why I love the term queer is that I in its very definition it means like weirdness what what is weird or different about you. And it has been assigned to sexuality historically because in the 1960s and 70s, and I'm sure way before then, um, when people would come out, they would be the slur queer, like, oh, you're a queer, and that would happen on the street. And even to this day, there's a lot of people in my generation, I'm 27, and a lot of people younger than me who identify as queer because now that's a safe word. Mm -hmm. But there are people in the older queer generation who do not like that word, do not identify with that word. Um, So we're kind of taking it back. Yeah. And it also has a political meaning attached to it. I think queer is a lot more. We're here. We're queer. We're here. We're queer. There's a history to it. There's a reclaiming to it. You can also it's a verb. You can queer politics. You can Mm -hmm. queer gender. And people do. You can queer sexuality. And and it's also a little bit more fluid and open than terms like lesbian or gay. Well, not gay necessarily, I guess, but lesbian, bisexual, um, these are terms that have a lot more limitations like in society specific, with specificity yeah. and even in the LGBTQ culture, right? Like I used to identify as a lesbian. And if I talked about like a man being attractive, it was just like, what? Like, no, you can't do, you know, like, and hmm. so there was, and we'll probably talk about biphobia, um, yes, and all types will. of yeah, all types of things today. But that's one of the reasons that I identify as queer, but I also don't want to like limit what queer means because I know so many other people, especially people of color who identify as queer. And there's a lot more politics in that because you're adding race to it. And Mm -hmm. so it's not only about fluidity, I think in terms of like attraction, I think it's politically very fluid and like powerful right now. Yeah. How did you come to recognize yourself as queer? Um, So I first, I well, I fell in love with my best friend in high school, which is so stereotypical. A girl um, best a friend. A girl best friend. And then um, graduated and went Did right. you tell her? Well, I mean, Ava really and I actually obvious. knew each other oh, growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, we knew each other in So high I knew Ava when she identified as 
something hetero. other than queer. Yeah. You knew me when I identified as hetero. And yet we had a huge orgy with a bunch of women at your house when we were all like 16. You're welcome. Yeah. Ah, where was I? <laughs> I wish you would have known me then. Yeah. <laughs> Having your own orgies somewhere fair else. Enough, exactly. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. And then when I couldn't really hide it anymore, I came out that Thanksgiving is by. I like screamed it out in the middle of dinner because I was just like, I need to say this already. Um, and my family was pretty liberal, so that was okay. And I actually experienced a lot more difficulty within my own communities. And so first I came out as bi, and then I um, came out as strictly just a lesbian because when I was straight, I tried to date a certain type of man. And I think this is very relatable to a lot of especially like femme queer or lesbian or bi women. Um, I dated a certain type of man that was really awful and kind of patriarchal because they were so obviously heterosexual and I like they performed maleness in such a straight way mm -hmm. that if I was next to them and dating them and being, you know, that you looked more like to, quote unquote normal. Yeah, I looked like a you normal straighter. straight girl who's being, you know, talked down to by her boyfriend who's a misogynist. And it's oh, like, you know, like wow. it was. Yeah. And then um, what I find so interesting, too, is and I think we should talk a little bit about is the coming out process. Yeah. When I was an undergrad and I identify as, I guess, hetero flexible, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, I think it's to be decided. But. When I was in college, I was taking this class and one of the assignments was to come out as straight mm -hmm. to your yeah. friends. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. And it was it was funny because you had to sit down with a group of people that you like gathered and say, you know, I really wanted to talk to you guys about this. And, you know, it's been really hard for me to to say it, but I'm straight. <laughs> but that's, it's funny that. we're laughing now but like that is such an important thing like well but it's like nobody does that who's right? no. and that's because Straight. you know something you know that something is the norm when nobody questions it when yeah. it's what people assume to be true yeah. and it's only when you diverge from that when you engage in this queerness or you are queer or whatever then you have to say something about it but and and, and I think that's that's like on us to like stop making assumptions about like general and I don't know I'm like sadly like very straight like I try so sadly I like I don't know like I think I'm a solid two on the Kinsey scale and like I'm definitely like attracted to women I guess it's whatever that's like a whole side sob story <laughs> um but oh and actually I did want to say something about what you said about coming out as straight I think something that's really good for straight people to do because this is something that happens all the time and will probably happen to me for the rest of my life the second that queerness is on the table and associated with me so is sex. I think that's something that we don't put together often enough. But as queer people, I mean, me and all my queer friends feel it and talk about it. But I don't know if straight people do where it's like, like, yeah, you, I've never felt that mm -hmm, when you, you come out as straight, you're telling like, hey, Simone. So what I'm I like to do, out, have sex. I like to have, have a penises. dick in my vagina. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes. I Sometimes. Or I'm in really my mouth. A or girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's what you're literally telling someone. Like when I come out, I'm like, yeah, I fuck women more than I fuck men. And, you know. So and, then it becomes like and it you is. are about sex. It's inherently sexual, I think, as a woman and as a femme. And for me, my queerness is I very I just want to pause you for a second femme. because yes. I think some listeners out there don't know what a femme means. Yeah, yeah that's what true. What do you think a femme is? Um, so I identify as femme. There's a huge in like queer women's culture. I, and I'm specifically saying queer women because I don't know that much about gay men. And there is femme culture in gay male culture, non-binary culture and transgender culture. So I'm just speaking from my lens right now. But for me, going back in lesbian culture, there's the, there was a big femme butch movement. 
um, and history. And it's so rich. And I've always identified as a femme because I'm a very feminine lesbian or, well, queer woman, you know, whatever label. Um, also, remember <laughs> labels, man. For our listeners, last week we heard from Wendy and yeah. Wendy identifies as butch yeah. and wears suits and things like yeah. that. So for you, femme is yeah. kind of fitting into the more stereotypical Mold feminine, feminine. Yeah. look. And it's complicated because I look like a straight woman when I walk down the street because I'm super feminine. Hmm. But so I am constantly or like, having, oh, she's faking lesbian or yeah. that's just a trend. Oh, or whatever. yeah, totally. Um, there's and so there's a lot of there's one just a lot of unsolicited attention that I don't ever fucking want. And then there's the fact that I am invisible in my own. I go to a gay club and like maybe every other time a woman will be like, are you gay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and my nails are short. So I'm here, I'm queer. <laughs> my nails are short. Nails are short. Yeah, I have gloves in my, my bag. Exactly. Yeah, my I have a calling card. <laughs> that is my calling card, short nails. But um, but yeah, and so that for me is really attached to my queerness because I feel that like every day, the femininity. And that that history is really important to me because just like how it's kind of a way that misogyny is reworked into like queer women's culture mm-hmm. is that butch queer people have visibility butch queer people tend to be listened to more butch queer people tend to be misogynistic and like fuck around on femme and women butch queer people perform masculinity yeah for, just to be clear yeah that. and they yes, or at least that's do. how people perceive them yeah and so, interesting. so simone when we, do you think you knew like who you liked sexually because i remember my I mom saying to me i know who i like sexually well but i think it i mean i tell people it changes over time and not to say yeah. that you can change your sexuality and who you are. Obviously, I don't believe in conversion therapy or anything like that. But I think your preferences and things that you like are fluid. I believe yeah. in disinhibiting time. therapy. <laughs> no, just saying that like you probably feel things for a long time and it's only at a certain point where you become comfortable accepting that and admitting that to yourself and then potentially even seeking it out. But yeah, I I I often wonder like what sort of person I'm attracted to and what type of person I'm attracted to. Like I've been attracted to women and I've been attracted to men and I've been attracted to like much, much, much older men. And I've been attracted to people that aren't necessarily physically attractive, but like like emanate intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I like I don't I still don't have an answer to that question. And that's why, like, even though technically I'm hetero, like it's still not a label that I feel fully comfortable embracing because I do meet women that I am attracted to. And I like really do want to have sex with women. I've just never done it. And I'm just like so good at sex with boys that I'm scared of sucking at sex. (laughs) You won't. That's interesting though. (laughs) I was afraid of that for a long time. I don't want to suck. Like I'm so good at like dick stuff and like, I don't want to fuck up and be bad at it. But you also know that you're good at working with your body and you are a female body. That's true. I got, I do have, I do have female parts. Yeah. Well, I remember my mom saying like, they knew from an early age that I was boy crazy. They always described me as that. Like I would get in trouble from a young age, like doing doctor stuff at school and the little like houses that they had there or playing what we called like kiss tag. Oh where, my like, God. Boys, kiss tag. Yeah. Boys would like run away and say like, it was like tag. But if you like kiss them, then they were it. Where did you have to kiss them? I, on the cheek, I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> I know. Lame. <laughs> Um, but like doing stuff like that, even from an early age and having crushes on like men. Oh yeah. And, but as I've gotten older, there's been way more flexibility in like what I'm attracted to. But I think from an, from birth, I, I knew. Yeah. 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 What about you? 
it. So I so I started this, and then we went on a tangent, which was wonderful. But I, I had a long experience with it. So I came out as bisexual. And then after a little bit of that, I came out as a lesbian because I finally started meeting people I was genuinely attracted to, and they were always like cisgendered women. And so I identified as this like staunch lesbian. Then I went to Berkeley and started studying feminism and like hated men. So that didn't <laughs> that didn't help the man department. They didn't really have a chance. And then um, about halfway through Cal, I had a crush on my supervisor at this job that I had. And he was so like he was the most submissive, like and I told uh, Simone this. I have a thing for younger men and older women. Uh, he was the most dichotomy. it's so funny he was the most submissive like sweet human and I just wanted to fucking like ride his dick <laughs> and, <laughs> did you? no no because he I'm I'm a, I come on very strong and I think he got scared but, um, <laughs> but that's okay seriously his loss I mean majorly. but it's a good thing to I think know what that was that the okay intro you that. gave <laughs> hey nice to meet you I want to ride your dick no I tried to give him a back massage and he freaked out oh, <laughs> at work at work not I'm not subtle um <laughs> But anyway, and there had been other flirtation before that. I didn't just randomly be like touching someone's back without their consent. Um, But anyway, so after that happened, I got very confused, but I also got really worried because I was now in the lesbian community. I was running an organization called Queer Women at Berkeley. I had an LGBTQ internship and studying queer studies. And yet and so I'm just surrounded by all these you know, lesbians. And yet I like think I have a crush on this guy. And so I told my straight friends and I wouldn't tell like my queer identified friends. And it finally got to a point kind of similar with my attraction to women. I would when I was younger, I dated all these guys couldn't deny that I like wanted to be with women until it just sort of exploded out of me. And then when I identified as a lesbian, I had a similar experience where I was like cutting off this part of me until it just like also exploded. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, I need to like, I remember when I finally just admitted it to myself that I'm just fluid and I'm not a lesbian um, that I was like, Oh my God, I miss home and smell and I miss their dicks and I miss everything. And I want (laughs) to like, I went boy crazy. Um, So interesting. Yeah. Which was a good experience though, because now as like this queer fluid person who doesn't really care what labels, a lot of people call me bisexual, which is actually the only label I don't really identify as, which I'll explain because it doesn't really have to do with sexuality. It just has to do with politics. But, um, a lot of people label me as like bisexual because obviously I date multiple genders and I just am like, oh, like that's, you know, like that you're using your language and that's fine. I'm not here to police how you like you, that's, you're not oppressing. How do you me. feel about really the care. label pansexual? Love pansexual. So the reason why I don't like the term and this is completely for me personally, if other people identify as bisexual, that's totally fine because that's a label you like and it empowers you. And I think that's great. Um, I don't identify as bisexual because the term bisexual is saying it Well, it basically, it reinforces that there are two genders. Mm -hmm. There's men Mm -hmm. and there's women and those men and women are cisgendered often. And yeah. And so that's why I don't really like the term bisexual. Because you feel like it's limiting. It's limiting. For others and for yourself. For the, for others. It's a a limited description of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And bisexual could mean I'm attracted to cisgendered women and trans women, right? It it just means two genders, but we Ah. often do not consider any gender outside of cisgendered men and women. So the term bisexual really reproduces this gender binary and a lot of transphobia. So that's why I don't actually identify as bisexual. But if someone is going to call me that, I also understand that like not a lot of people 
spent like woke. three years at Berkeley yeah, studying yeah. gender and are like, well, I don't like the nuances of this. You well, know, I want so. the, oh the bisexual gosh. listeners out there too to feel confident in yeah. like claiming and, you know, naming themselves as that if that's yeah. what they feel comfortable with. And I think that term too has received a lot of also negative yeah. connotations because some people are like, well, just choose. Are totally. you leaning one way or the other? Or yeah. You can't, totally. you can't be both equally. Or even like within like the respective queer communities. Like I think you mentioned this, you were talking about biphobia at the yeah. beginning. So it's it, you, my understanding is that like the lesbian community, if you tell them you're bi, they're going to be like, well, no, you're not a yeah. real lesbian. You're not a real lesbian. Which is true. I'm not. <laughs> so I don't identify as one, but you know, <laughs> or, or, but or yeah, like but not that's welcome true. in the community. You're not like, welcome. Oh, you yeah. could opt out if you want it or mm-hmm. something like that. And I what think does it come from? What that, is it? Well, I've it probably, it comes from so many things. I think a lot of it comes from a place of pain and not a place of like one person being malicious to another within mm. the queer community. I, it is. I have even experienced this as like a fluid person where I have liked a woman and then all of a sudden I have been erased. She has a boyfriend that came up out of nowhere and I was just always her friend. And I'm like, well, fuck you. That's not very nice, mm. yeah. you know. And so it comes from a lot of pain and I can understand that. But then it also I mean, it's like how misogyny gets reworked into the lesbian community. It's a way that this pain gets reworked and turned into you know, we're going to leave you out. We're going to not legitimize your sexuality, even though people don't even legitimize lesbians. Um, I know it happens a lot in like other communities in the queer community. And again, I'm only talking because I'm in the mostly in the lesbian community. So that's my lens. But yeah. And you asked something else in that question, which I wanted to answer, but I forgot. What uh, what else did you ask about with biphobia? So I'm just wondering if Okay, so so historically, uh, queer communities are marginalized and yeah. oppressed, right? And so I'm curious if part of this biphobia comes from uh, someone within the queer community as, as a lesbian upon hearing that you're bisexual saying, well, like, I can't choose to be anything but this marginalized identity, whereas you have the option to not be, so fuck off. Yeah. And I is think, that a thing or I am think, I like inventing no, that? that? I think it is a totally thing from some thing. for sure. Yeah, and I think it's also, I mean— it again, it reproduces a lot of the the pain that I was talking about, like before. It doesn't really you're really just and, and it's also it's a fucked up assumption. And it pisses me off that if I were to, like, fall in love with someone who happened to identify as like a cisgendered man, that like I'm not queer anymore, that I don't think the way that I always thought or that the guy that I'm like the men that I date now have to be so fucking woke to be around. I mean, it's like you guys know I yell at men like all the time for no reason. I mean, I no, have reason. With reason. I have reason. Not for no reason. But I don't, you know, I don't put up with a lot of stuff. And so if a man is able to like really hear what I'm saying and then learn and also understand that like I don't have to teach him everything you know and to eat like all this stuff then it's like that's sexy yeah. <laughs> and and it's you know but anyway so there's a lot of assumptions and there's a lot of I think pain with it and biphobia is super it's super hard mm. and I think it's also for me it's hard too because the only even as like a bi like queer fluid however you want to identify person when I go the only spaces that I have that are truly spaces that are mine are lesbian clubs and queer clubs. However, the second that my like fluidity comes on the table and one person doesn't like it, I'm now ostracized and they're like, well, you can go, you can go to straight bars. No, I fucking can't. 
like the second I go to a straight bar and someone finds out that I date women, I'm like a two for one deal. I'm harassed. I'm followed to my car. Like it's not I don't really like a lot of straight places unless I'm with a big group of women because then it's like I am not going to be bombarded because otherwise you're like a novelty almost yeah yeah I wonder how because in listening to that and in addressing some of our male listeners Mm -hmm. because I I think it's important to get this message out to men but in a way that's that's loving too so how do we I mean you were saying when you were studying at Berkeley there was this kind of inner message of like fuck men I hate men I think we're talking about this a lot in terms of educating and correcting them how do we find this balance between helping and educating and telling whether it's cisgendered, whatever men, what we want as women without hating them. Yeah, that's a good question. It's something I still, I mean, I feel like I've come a long way with it because I definitely, and I didn't. It's a hard balance. It's a hard balance. balance. And I didn't, I want to say I didn't hate men. Like I wasn't taught necessarily to hate men. When I studied my discipline, I, More so, it was like I was finally reading all of this philosophy and history that was queer and female focused. Mm -hmm. And then it it brought up so much of the stuff that I still dealt with. And I was and so it would like I would leave a class that would talk about, you know, just different marginalized things. And then a guy would like cut me off while I was walking to the bathroom and I would be like, fuck you, like taking up space, you know? Yeah, like, so it's like it, feeling this yeah. angst yeah, and resentment and not yeah. knowing where to direct exactly. it. Yeah. Sorry, because I don't think any of us here hate men like I love Men, I, I, <laughs> we love I, you. What I hate is the the systems and the frameworks within which we all exist that then create behaviors in these men that yes. I love. Be- behaviors that they have no need to question, and I think that is is what I hate. Is I hate these conditioned and learned behaviors. Yeah. Not there's nothing biological about a man that I hate. I find frustrating in some men is what I find so incredibly attractive in others, yeah. which it sounds like you do as well, which mm-hmm. is, you know, bullheaded, bound men t- tied to traditional performance of masculinity. The traditional masculinity, yeah. Uh, is like kind of unattractive to me. Yeah. But when I meet a man who's like, like a caveman who's going to protect you like, and like I was throw you this, over his shoulder. I was once on this first date with a guy and I was talking to him and he was, he, he's a writer on a TV show and he was like, well, yeah, as a white cisgender male, like I really understand my privilege in this space. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go change my panties. Like, <laughs> I was like, that I was like, like that too, so though. fucking Ooh, attractive. Those are good buzzwords. Oh, <laughs> but I, I, it's hard because of combining the, that feminist thought with also, being someone who enjoys some of the traditional gender roles of like, yeah. hey, I like when you open the door for me and pay for me sometimes and do this and how to yeah. accept both of those roles. Yeah. But I think I, I would like that regardless of the uh, gender or sex of the person performing them. Like I like being like treated nicely. For. Yeah. Like cared for and like gestures of of like. I am paying attention to where you are currently existing. And appreciation in this and thoughtfulness. And actually, it's super hot when, like, butchered, like, um, ambiguous, not ambiguous, androgynous, um, androgynous um, like, women identified or, like, non-binary people, like, perform certain gender roles. Like, I find it so hot. And as, as someone who yeah. identifies as a femme, I love it because, like, you're seeing this femininity that I'm performing and feeling empowered by. And then you're like opening the door and paying and being a little like macho, but not in an oppressive way. Right. (laughs) Hopefully Um, it's super, super hot. And it's also hot because it's queering all of those things, because at the end of the day, it's like anybody can perform men and cis 
like hetero women, you know, and all that stuff. So it's I would love hot. to hear, and this is somewhat selfish, but to get to <laughs> some of the tasty details of some of the differences that all of us or whoever wants to add to it have found between sex, however you define that, but with men versus sex with women. Or like That's other gender fluid or non-binary people. Yeah. Um, well, actually, one of my um, ex-partners is non-binary, and that was— Could you explain what non-binary is yes. for our listeners just and really so, quickly? And quick caveat to actual people who are non-binary and listening, since I'm cisgendered, I'm sorry if I fucked this up. Um, non-binary is an umbrella term, I think, at this point, and what umbrella term means is that— you can like, well, first off, that, that umbrella term is sort of saying that you don't identify as a cisgendered man or cisgendered woman. If you don't know what cisgendered means, it basically means that me, Ava, I was born and a doctor looked between my legs, saw a vagina, was like, well, that's a girl. And then I grew up being like, I am a girl. Right. And so that's so the gender you're assigned to at birth is the gender that you have. And so non-binary or transgender, which are two umbrella terms, both signify that that is that was not your experience you are not cisgendered now non-binary is different from someone who is transsexual which is someone who's maybe like Laverne Cox who has physically transitioned into the gender they identify with non-binary is like I'm not gonna I'm most likely not gonna get any surgeries I might take some hormones to drop my voice or something like this but my body that I was born with is gonna stay the same but I am gonna fuck up what you think gender is right, yeah, and I express don't myself in a way that doesn't look how you might assume yeah. it does yeah and just for I mean as a little side bit that just because you are a non-binary in your appearance doesn't mean that you have a specific sexuality yes I think people assume that if you're having a certain like like if you're traditional looking woman who dresses as traditional male garb that you obviously like women and that might not always be the case right. Totally. And I think actually afterwards, what I'll do as well is I'll give Simone and Nicoletta some great links to put. Oh, duh. That way, um, you know, we're obviously three cisgendered people explaining this. So mm -hmm. that way, though, there can be some information as well that's actually from trans and non-binary people. Yeah, I, yes. I had a, there's a great infographic that my one of my trans friends posted on Facebook where it like breaks down like what your sex is and like it has like this great like, oh yeah know, like your body is this and then your gender the is gender like, bred person yeah. yeah the yep. gender bred person yeah, yeah. That's I know exactly what I was about thinking about okay so we'll include a little picture of the gender but let's bred get person. back to the sex yeah, so the yeah. Sex. tell us about um, fucking so so with my ex partner who's non-binary um, before we had sex we had to have a talk about what words that we're going to use in bed. So like they were not okay with me using penis or vagina. I would say like, can I go inside like your, your body? Well, um, so, uh, penis or vagina at all or just in, uh, no, like in, I wouldn't like, you know, like you wouldn't say like, fuck my, or like, can fuck I my, fuck your pussy? Yeah, or I whatever. wouldn't say that in dirty talk or like, I wouldn't be like, I want to lick your pussy or whatever. <laughs> I just got a little hot. <laughs> I love pussy. Um, <laughs> but so I would say like, can I go inside or like, th or what would I say? Or I would refer to their chest as their chest, not as boobs, not as anything else. Um, and so negotiate, like, well, not, it's not a negotiation. It's me saying like, what do you want? And then it was interesting because then they, and by the way, my ex-partner's pronouns are they and them, which is why I'm saying they and them and not he or she. Um, which is hard to do. 
I, it's hard for me. I have a lot of friends who identify as they, them. Yeah. And as a society, we have, we have been taught that that's grammatically incorrect. And huh. I think it takes some time to, to figure out how to communicate in that yeah. way properly to do justice to the way that people identify themselves. Yeah. And actually, for me at least, I think that that is something that is inherently queer, right? When we talk about queer as a political identity, using they, them pronouns, because there was other pronouns. I think I talked to Simone about this, like gender queer people can have pronouns like Z and Zer, mm-hmm. which, which sounds a lot. Z-H-E and Z-H-E-R. Yeah, which can sound a lot like she, her, his, or whatnot. And it's really just, it's it's still kind of conforming mm-hmm. this normative, like it's, it's twerking this normative thing. But they and them is really amazing because it's like saying not only, I mean, I feel like it's like this retaliation because society completely ignores that trans people exist and it actively works to erase and kill trans people. And so the they, them pronoun is like, well, fuck you, you don't conform to me I'm not going to conform to you like I'm going to fuck with your gender that's what and your, most your trans grammar. people I know yeah. though and uh, most trans people I know though don't use they them they use uh, he or she whatever the yeah. gender they're identifying but that's transgender that's not non-binary oh, I, thought, I thought you said trans and, did you mean oh, non-binary trans. so when I say trans I so trans with an asterisk is a also includes non-binary. Non-binary. It's like the umbrella. Gosh, I'm learning it's, so yeah, much. It's I'm I gonna, love this. Wait, yeah, give, give us some the, links. Uh, I'm gonna give. But you back so I think to the, boning. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to stay on topic of boning, which I don't know why. Um, but I think agreeing with what you said, um, Ava, that I think a big difference I've noticed too is that in queer sex, yeah. there is much more communication. Yeah, that is 110% true. Because That's even so just good. what words do we use? Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying this shouldn't be the same in heterosex, too, oh, totally. because I think it, but should, it should be. be. But like, it you hasn't... should be able to say, like, I never want you to refer to my vulva as a pussy. Like, yeah. you should be able to say that. Or whatever. That. Yeah. But we d- often don't have those conversations no. unless it's queer or kinky. Yeah, it's so it's interesting. so true, and even and that's, yeah. that comes back to the whole norm thing. Like we yeah. don't talk about things that are the norm; it's just taken for granted. And instead, you'll just talk to your girlfriends, be like, "Oh my god, he called it. He called my vulva a cunt." Like, "Oh, I'm so upset. I never want yeah. to." Instead of like telling your partner, "Like I don't want you to use that word." So that's one difference: the yeah. communication. What but else? I just, have, I just want. I just have a question still about about words. Hmm. So I just want to make sure I understand. So. Um, were the words breast or vagina not used at all or just not used, used. in, in um, describing their body? Like, did um, you also not use it for your body? Did you also say I chest about my you? Body? I actually love the word chest and I use the word chest and I also love like you can go inside. I for like me that. too. That's it's really hot. hot. <laughs> like gonna do like now inside. actually when I, I had this like wonderful ephemeral lover in San Francisco who is a cisgendered guy and when we like when I was finally ready for him to like fuck go inside me, I would be like I want you inside of me yes I and yes he, I like that uh, and it was so hot I would love I love just saying it and then I would and it was I don't know for me it was hotter than saying I want your dick because I've had it in my mouth and I've been holding it and so I, I yeah, do but have your something dick powerful kinda, of, and I can't yeah. wait to feel you inside yeah, me. yeah I love that uh, it's so hot and it works across all genders because you know everybody has a finger and everybody has a hole. Uh, yeah. Well, not everyone has a finger, but everyone has oh, yes. something to put in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Everyone. That's most true. people have, have at least fingers. one hole somewhere and something 
that they can whether stick or not the it's hole. there something <laughs> an object is anything to put in yeah. somewhere but you can always have access but the, the really the point is is that there is access to the inside of your body which even is, if it's just your ear right yeah. but which is which is kind of what i think makes you know sex and sexy things and sexy time like so special it's like you're actually saying i am okay yeah. with you going inside of my body which is really powerful stuff but back to sex yeah. um like in a dirty, dirty way. Love <laughs> Just it. kidding. Aside from the language used, a lot, and there was a lot of consent talk, um, a ton of it. Uh, more so, I think, than with any other partner, which I think does have to go back to the whole thing that the body in in that like sexual context was like a very... I don't know. It was a very important space and it was a very thought of space. I guess that's very a, safe. Yeah, it needed to be very safe and very we like thought of and aware and, and whatnot. Um, and then I for me, the, they're the one of the differences with cisgendered men and cisgendered women that I've had sex with. And this is always really men hate to hear this. But um, I think that women who fuck with dildos fuck better than men who fuck with their dicks and not because you're not doing a great job. You just know I do love dicks just like I love dildos. Which I think is so interesting because in experiences that I've had or from experiences I've heard from other people is it's so hard to know how to move it when you can't feel it. Oh, yeah. So it must take some good practice or maybe I was just doing it amazingly and I didn't know. (laughs) So so you're saying that getting... So a woman fucking with a strap on for me personally has felt better of a phallus, like penetrating your vagina or whatever feels better than like a actual penis. What do you think was was better about it? The way they moved? I know I think about it all the time. Ah, (laughs) I want to be thinking about it it all the time. (laughs) So this is my theory. My theory is, and again, this is not anything other than like my own personal, but um, (laughs) I just want to point out Simone is like, (laughs) she's like flailing and having the best her can't wait. Out, like, I don't even know. How do you, what do you even call that? Just You're just like waving your wrists. Yeah, wrists just holding her hand around. out to the side, like <laughs> waiting for something to be delivered. Just fucking tell me. <laughs> so, um, so the reason why I think is because when you have a cis, like when I've had a cis guy inside of me, he obviously, he can feel his dick. So he's having this feeling as well while I'm having a feeling. So there's two like, th- like uh, erotic situations happening at the same time. Now, if a cisgendered woman that has fucking me with her dildo, she is paying attention to everything about my body, mm-hmm. where it goes, how I'm moving, what makes me moan more or less, like everything. So it's all about you and it's pleasure. all about and there's my no pleasure. Distraction there's about their no pleasure to your yeah. body. Oh. Now, but then again, it's also super fun to be with a guy and hear him like freaking out because he's inside of you. It's and like, he oh my can't, god, you know you're so I mean? tight. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, <gasps> you know, like that's super hot too. So many funny noises. But, yeah. I love fucking men. <laughs> They're, it's funny. They're so funny. They're, it's, it's it's fun to fuck men and hear them like lose their shit when like it's so they finally easy. get the pussy. You but know? also boobs. Oh, boobs are so good. You can't beat I boobs. I find myself like, wanting to play if I'm with like someone who identifies as a man or who doesn't have a robust chest. I still want to play with their chest and I get frustrated sometimes when guys don't have sensitive nipples or don't like their nipples <laughs> played like, with because I'm like I want to grab on to these titties yeah yeah oh my god no boobs are I that's definitely like it's I think on the scale of all the things like boobs for me is like you're a boob girl that's right oh, I love I, I'm an ass girl actually but I do love boob. I love spanking 
Like receiving or giving or both? You don't have to answer. Both. Oh, both. my God. But especially if it's like the cute femme woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love best. it. But um, yeah, I also think that with a lot and this is, again, just my experience um, with cis gendered women or even my other partner who didn't identify as cisgender um i there's a lot more like playing with the vaginas which is just awesome where i feel like a lot of the times with the sex i had with like cis hetero men um the, it got to the penetration a lot quicker oh, you mean like vulva yeah stuff. vulva there it is yeah vulva you're, stuff. you're a stickler about the vagina well, it's, well yeah because like you're playing with my vagina is like there's stuff you can do that's different from like just straight up like penetration, but like we're at where the playing like the real playground is the whole vulva. You're not Simone just going really on likes the slide. Words too. Yeah. You're not just going She'll on the slide. So correct your grammar also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not really. It's only sometimes. If it's important, <laughs> it's only when we watch The Bachelor. I'll correct Nick's grammar. He was, you know, he he did he did his job. He had one job and he did it. That's how I felt about Nick Vile. Ugh. Terrible last name. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm, I'm just thinking about Raven with her never having had an orgasm. Um hey, I've been there. Her on Speaking the show. of orgasms, yeah. Did you give your did you get your first orgasm from yourself? Did you give it to yourself? I got it from or myself from, and I it's still very hard for me to have a orgasm with a guy, whether it's clitorally or penetration. Um with women What do you think that's about? I think I just have performance anxiety, actually. Huh. I think that's more so what it is. I don't think it's about necessarily like I'm more attracted to one person or another I think it's really like with women I've always I'm just so much more comfortable Mm -hmm. I also like I was saying you know before I came out the guys that I dated were not they were not good you know not very caring about they were not caring about me they were very aggressive um I was forced to do things or not or like just guilted into you know it was not where I wanted to be and so my when I finally was with women, it was one of the reasons too that I identified as a lesbian because then all of a sudden I was like having orgasms and I mm. was being held and I was being seen and I was being loved, even if it was just for a night, you know, it was, it was just such a different experience. And I had an idea in my head that like, oh, well, yeah. men are this way and then women are this way and women are better. And then it wasn't until that I really was just like, no, I'm fluid. Like this is who I am that I also started Dating a different caliber of man that -hmm. completely changed things because they're they're great, you know, too. So with Um, the men that you've liked being intimate with, mm -hmm. what do you like about men that's different or people who identify as men? I love their smell. I love their like, smell. So I love the much. smell too. And yeah. smell triggers uh, like so much memory and emotion. Mm-hmm. It's very true. And the I olfactory yeah. sense. The pheromones. The yeah. And I love I love so this in the same I like way that women's I love, softness, oh, body women softness. So soft. Oh my god. But men the smell. Yeah. I like the smell. And I like the same way I like having a dildo as opposed to a dick in my vagina. You like I the like smell of a dildo. A di- no, I like having a dick in my mouth more than maybe any other sexual act. Love that. Dick in the mouth is worth two. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I didn't realize how good that was. One dick in the mouth is worth two, two in, in the, the bush. bush. Because the expression is. Like in your bush. No, but the, no, 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 I get it. I just don't know where it came from. <laughs> no, I know. I feel like it came from is, Simone. No, no, there's an expression <laughs> that's a bird in the hand is, wor- is worth two in the bush. Is an expression. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. I'm like, where did this come from? I think it's a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I don't know. Whatever. Yours is way better. I know. A dick in the mouth is worth two in the... It's worth one in the... More than one. Another thing, too, that 
yeah, so smell anything mm-hmm. else. But I was also thinking back about I like hand size. Like I have huge boobs, like mm-hmm. really big. And I really like when someone can like hold almost my whole breast, if not my whole breast. Or that sort of and feeling like, of being women overtaken. Don't have hands. Oh, women can overtake any other woman, no problem. They that can is... overtake, but they don't have the hand size. Oh, That's what some I'm of saying. them do, girl. <laughs> girl. Girl, I know some women who could grab the no, shit out of those they titties. Could grab I'll introduce you. No, I'm sure they could. I'm, Can you make this introduction? I'll make this. It could be the whole thing. Like it's very hard. Like I know one woman with huge. Hands. She put one finger in me and like that was enough. That was. Oh enough. my god! Yeah. I need to meet this. Woman. Yeah, yeah. I'll and I'll introduce you to this person. The thing though, going back to women that I think is cool for some people is. Yeah. That you can, well, some men also that you can be with, cis, hetero, or not, that pen- penetration. Yeah. So I think I discovered penetration more with women because there were less willing men who were willing to be penetrated. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're out mm-hmm. there and I love mm-hmm. them. Um, but what, penetrating men? Like, yeah, penetrating men. But I'm saying I think I I realized the the coolness and the attraction and the amazingness of penetration yeah. with women. Yeah. And just how powerful and energy filled it felt mm-hmm. to be penetrating someone or something mm, was so, so nice. cool. Oh, you yeah. feel like you have so much power. It's yeah, it's oh, it's yeah. a really cool feeling, especially fisting. It's probably if I were to have a sexual act that I love to give to someone, it's fisting because someone is just like, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's They're like They're letting you like shish kebab. Yeah, well, I actually, on okay. your hands. So for our listeners yeah. who are listening, for our listeners out there who got very intrigued by Ava talking about fisting and like kind of want to try it, could you walk us through a basic how to for fisting yes. in case so people and don't I can hurt give themselves or their partners? Well. So, um, this is going to be strictly for a female bodied or vagina owning, well, you don't own it, you know what I mean, person. Um, I've never fisted a man or sister. I can talk about that. Yeah, baby. Seriously? Oh yeah, you she fisted, can. You fisted a butthole. I have fisted buttholes. Ah! Oh yeah. She yes. actually tried to introduce me to someone, but then I wasn't as attracted to him, and I was super sad because I've always wanted to fist a man, but um, haven't. Oh yet. my god! Shout out to you, friend. You know yeah, who you, you are. You Come know on who our you show. Are. <laughs> you I should am, have him on. He's so wonderful. I'm so envious right awesome. now. Okay. Anyway, Ava, okay. walk us through fisting so, 101. Fisting 101. First thing is don't start with fisting. <laughs> um, that <laughs> is, I think. You want to okay? Star. So no. let's just define fisting. Is it the whole hand inside? Your fist is inside of. Someone. I feel like people it can, can be. I mean, any it shape? can be like a punching fist, but, it but like it's this. usually more like fingers if together. So if you're if you're doing a, the Italian sign for money, you're like money. Yeah, yeah that, it's a little that, more that like one. that. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I've gotten the whole, but I have small little hands. These wouldn't fit around your boob. No. <laughs> Maybe like half my areola. Yeah, right. I have the smallest little hands, but they're great for fisting. Okay, so talk us, um, walk us through it. Okay, so f- definitely don't start with fisting. Use a lot of lube or just make sure you're really wet. Um, no shame in ever using lube. It's the greatest. Mm-hmm. And um, really you start with one finger. And for folks who don't know, a great <laughs> Simone is, we are Simone is now being being the my uh, vagina slash vulva situation. It's a vulva hand. It's a vulva, vulva hand. hand. Um, so the, that's so distracted me. That was amazing. Um, so for folks who don't know, <laughs> if you're fingering someone who has a vagina, um, when you put your finger inside, curl upwards. Because yeah, G spot action. That's where you're gonna get the G spot. Don't be poking in there like trying to find your keys. That's not. And it's don't don't be going in and out like. 
curl it upward and also kind of like caress and find. I remember as a child reading reading in Cosmopolitan as a child, a come hither motion. Yes. And Nicola is about to say something I think is important too, so go. Oh no, just that this is these are general rules and whatever, but the therapist side of me wants to point out that Everyone likes it differently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. hey, if you like the finding the key jab yeah, motion, get it. That's Tell totally true. I think I always say that because, again, when I dated those, like, that slew of awful men, they would be, like, jabbing they their were the jabbers. Yeah, they were the jabbers. But that's dude. also what they see in porn a lot, totally. too. There's a lot of that because, because totally. the, the come hither thing is happening all inside, so you can't yeah, you really can't. Yes, see, you can't it, see it. So it's not we're good all for doing camera. We're hither right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the first thing you put in one if like however much your partner or partner for the night can fit you put one finger maybe two and you just start caressing and like really massaging that G spot and the the vagina will slowly kind of open up of its own accord and then at that point it's sort of about reading the vagina. So it's a lot about relaxation. Yeah you have to be really relaxed because a lot's going to go in there Um, and it's not about forcing it if you know, it, like it may take you 10 times. It may take you 20 times before you can even get four fingers in there. So don't feel bad about that. Um, and so the the trick is, so you put one finger in. If you can fit two, you put another. You keep doing this come hither motion and reading the body. You can go fast or slow, whatever. And then you get a third finger in. Now, the trick is, at least for me, once I have a third finger in, instead of having all three lined up, mm, they now stacked. come. Yeah. Like trifecta. They come together like the Holy Trinity. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. I'm Jewish. <laughs> yes. The Father, the Spirit, and the... No, the, the Father, Father, the Son, Son and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. A bun- Did you say the Holy Goat? Holy Ghost. <laughs> Is it the Holy Ghost? It's the Holy Ghost. Yeah, Holy Ghost, like, Holy Spirit. The Holy Goat. I was like, girl, you're too Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many Jews does it take to talk about the Trinity? Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's three of us here, so that's perfect. We're the Mazel. fucking trinity. <laughs> Mazel okay. tov. So, so now your... you have your three, your trifecta, and um, all of your fingers are facing in towards each other, making a nice triangle. And then you're going to keep kind of, you're not going to be able to have, well, I guess for me, my fingers are so small. I don't have as much movement. So for then at that, I mean, I don't know how to describe doing this. Like I'm showing, you know, where it's like you, you're just moving sort of quicker. like like a vibration. Yeah, you start um, kind of vibrating. You're kind of trying to move your arm a little bit, a little quicker, and a it's vibration. Like, it's, like, it's like if you were holding, if you were shaking a cocktail, like that movement, but like keeping that like yeah. three fingered. Yeah. yeah. So not in and out, more like up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and that also, again, it will kind of loosen up the the hole, and and the hole will oh start God, to I expand. Get fisted. And then if you can, you get that, that could be pinky. Arranged. Yeah. You get the pinky in there. And the pinky's gonna, as much as you can, again, like fold into this little trifecta that you've created. It's like a little finger swirl. Yeah. It's like you're just putting all of your fingers. And your together. nails are short for this. Well, this is the you can and wear if gloves. Not, wear gloves. Yeah. I am a femme who loves long nails. Sometimes I have long nails, which sucks because then I'm really ignored at the gay club. Um, but yeah, I have gloves with me. And so I'll just slap on some gloves and then I can finger the fuck out of you or yes! fist you or whatever. So, okay, so all the, the queer women out there, if you see a hot woman at the club and she has long nails, it doesn't mean that she's straight or she won't have sex with you or doesn't want to have sex with you. Anyway, back so we're back to here. So the pinky is now... Um, in the trifecta, kind of folded over. Palm is facing up, by the way, in this whole thing. And then um, at whatever, and again, this is also about reading the vagina. And this could, this whole thing that I'm describing right now could take like 
15 minutes or days or different attempts. Yeah. Or the person might say, you know, I'm not feeling it. it. Yeah. And so but once there's a lot, I'd say maybe once you've gotten into the sec, like the second knuckle or is that the third knuckle? The third once the once the once the second knuckle, knuckle, knuckle. the middle knuckle is kind of in in. Then you're going to just slip the thumb right into this little... Into the cone. Into the cone. Yeah, like a little yeah. pocket. Yep. And so at that point, it's just about really reading. So that at this point, once you get here, once your big knuckles... like the, the Are at the opening. Are at the opening, the vagina will most likely kind of just swallow you in. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love so, vaginas. There's, I wish we talked about sex not as like dicks penetrating but as vaginas swallowing oh yeah because the vagina swallows and the vagina will, and that's the other thing <laughs> I to love so that <laughs> that's the other thing to think about too with fisting this is why you don't force fisting because you don't need to and so the vagina will take as much as it wants so yeah, a fucking baby can come out your yeah. fucking fist can go in so yeah. like it if the, if it's you're pretty versatile the down there which I think is so fascinating <laughs> oh my god it's amazing our bodies are so cool <laughs> so if, if all that's going in is the knuckles and the whole fist isn't going in listen to that like that's great and so but if you do end up getting swallowed also don't wear jewelry uh, side note if you do get swallowed in Ava has lots of little rings I have so many I just realized that because I, I motioned going into a, and I felt the rings don't wear rings um, <laughs> especially if you're doing um, anal pleasure stuff because yeah. and sensitive not wearing area. gloves because no no because it could get lost in there oh yeah, yeah. That is, that's also true. But we'll get to, we'll do anal fisting on another another time. Love butt stuff. So, okay. So then the vagina has swallowed. Another time. (laughs) How many times did you think you would have to say that on the radio? Uh, Not enough. Um, okay, so, then so we're the at vagina, the big knuckle. Yeah, the vagina has swallowed you in. The big knuckle is in. Again, we have not forced the big knuckle in. This is the key. It's been and swallowed. then you're just really so. Then your thumb is going to curl right into your palm, and you're just going to. Oh, so you do eventually get to you the. You do get to the fist, and if then you at this want. point, if you want, and if the vagina lets you, and then at this point, you're. I mean, at least for me, my whole fist is in. Like you can only see my wrist. So. And then what do you do when you're in there? Well, really, Whatever you don't have to want. do anything. Do you just kind of sit there? Do you like twist? A lot of the times, by the time I've gotten to that point, the vagina, the like, there's so many muscles that are convulsing. Is that the right word? Yeah. That yeah, I, cool. I stay there. I don't move because it's very intense. And then the more and more my partner would and I got comfortable with each other when fist a lot, then the, I would move, like I would kind of vibrate a little. Yeah, I could imagine like gently. Like, very gently, very like, I'm not even, like you can't see me, but it, it's so, it's like, if you don't, if you decide not yeah. to make the whole fist and just keep it sort of that cone shaped, you can keep going with that yeah. come hither motion yeah. with the fingers that are in there. Okay, and then just one last thing, extraction. So extraction, that this is where you need to have very good communication with your partner because at this point your partner is most is gonna feel when they have had their orgasm, or if they maybe they didn't orgasm but they've had enough, they know done. they're at that point. Um then at that point it's about taking your time and like watching their body and just slowly like getting your it's you're you're gonna kind of unfold your so you open again, yeah. you don't just pull the fist out. No, because it's there's especially these knuckles um, that connect the finger to the hand. They're too big oftentimes. Got it. And so um, it's what, sort of do you guys remember that like rolling up motion when you do like vertebrae by vertebrae when you're like mm-hmm. rolling up after you've like you're bent mm-hmm. over? 
My shirt's falling off as I describe this. I just saw a little areola. I <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but it's sort of like that, that sort of slow. Yeah, as slow as the person needs you yeah. to go. And Love so it. it's just about being slow. And then once your knuckles do reach the opening, that's when I start to unfold. So I'm also not unfolding my whole like it's not like I'm here and then I'm just like, boop, <laughs> like <laughs> unfolding everything inside of this person's vagina. Um, ninja, I call it ninja star. <laughs> yeah, don't ninja star. Ow. And, but yeah. And so then and then you just come out. And again, just like the vagina swallowed you in. Once those knuckles are out, it, pushes you it out. just pushes you right out. Oh my so gosh. So it's um yeah, so it's really about listening to the vagina, I think, oh and just waiting gosh. for it to and then well, boop, <laughs> suck you in and spit you out. I wow. could hear about fisting forever. Unfortunately, we're no coming towards the end, but I know that we will have Ava back. Yes. <laughs> but before we finish, I would like to ask you just like we've talked to all of our other guests about yeah. And this is totally different from the fisting topic, but it relates to I'm all so the things happy we've been we just talking had a fisting about. Lesson, though. I'm just like thrilled. <laughs> and as Ava said, we will leave some stuff in the yes. comments section and you can obviously check out uh, my website and my videos for even more info about some of this stuff. But yeah. I would like to know from you, Ava, if you have encountered anything by way of getting discriminated against for being a sexual person and how you've sort of fit that into your life as an intelligent woman. Yeah, um, I definitely did because I was always very sexual as a child. Um, I mean, not even just as a child. I started masturbating like super early. And then when I was in, I think it was really mostly high school. That's when I became vocal about like, my desires and like bodies and like wanting to do things or, you know, the first time I gave a blowjob, I was really excited. And I told everybody in my French class because I thought it was an exciting thing. Yeah. And I remember the girls, the the boys. Well, there was like two and a half boys in that French class. So they were just kind of I think they were just embarrassed. They just sort of ignored it. But the girls like they all looked at me and I don't know if maybe they hadn't given a blowjob before, but it was like just shame. It was just straight up like, yeah. yeah. And they just, and that was kind of the first instance where I learned like, oh, you can't talk about yeah, that. Like, the first I time I got fingered, I was in eighth grade and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I yeah. told a ton of people. And then like basically my entire friend group turned against me. They're like, you're a fucking slut. Yeah. Whoa. Such a weird no, thing. No, terrible. And now we're happy sluts. Yeah. Happy, happy. So it's like, was, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm a slut. Bitch. Mm -hmm. anyway. And it was one of the reasons why I studied sexuality at Berkeley. And so that's actually a way that I legitimate myself all the time because I'm still very sexual. And then if people try to shame that, I like throw in this degree that I don't even use as much in my day to day life anymore. And I'm just like, well, I'm going to validate myself because I've studied this stuff and I'm smart as fuck. Yeah, and it just I sucks that we have to validate ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that we have found ways to navigate yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my I mean, goodness. and it's also I navigate it in the sense that I also it's it's sad, but it's like I still know when and where and how to censor myself. And I am still very aware that I need to. If I didn't need to, I think I would be so much more vocal and open about so many things. What's an example? A recent example? Yeah, of I to think you're pretty yourself. vocal. Well, yeah, but you guys are. Well, I'm yeah. very vocal with my female friends because oftentimes, um, well, it, unless they're like a butch lesbian, sometimes because, like I said, a lot of butch lesbians. Reper reproduce misogyny and so I'm I'm kind of careful and read them but um yeah I'm like super sexualized talk about sex all the time or have like fun like you know little ephemeral I, I like to call them my erotic loose threads I have a lot of erotic loose threads in my life and um but with a lot of straight men if I meet someone and and I think that you're cute I won't talk about any of that 
And I sort of fish for information from them. Like, what have they done? What do they like? To see if it's safe. To see how open they even are about talking about sex, too. And then I do that with um, butch women as well. And especially, I, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. It's a very multicultural place. But that also means that there are a lot of um, queer people who come from very conservative or traditional Mm -hmm. backgrounds. Something that isn't represented a lot in the media is how many Asian and Latina uh, lesbians are in LA, like so many. I see way more lesbians of color than I see like white lesbians, especially butch lesbians. And I recently, Simone, you remember this person, like met this really, really hot. Um, oh, what was, I was there too. What, yeah, you were there too. Lily? So, yeah. She was right. so hot. So hot, but so misogynistic. Yeah. And I remember when we first met her, we had talked about like her coming out and like she had came in a really Catholic family. Yeah. She was Latina. Yeah. And so, but it was interesting because um, there were, yeah, and I, I fished for information, figured out pretty early on that she was super misogynistic and I like, you know, extricated myself from it. But, um, but yeah, situations like that. Golf claps. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Ava, thank you thank so you for having me for coming. this was so fun we loved having you Ava obviously and I know that she will be back so if you liked this obviously send us a message sluts and scholars at gmail let us know what you think let us know what you're looking forward to hearing and Ava thank you so much for joining us and Simone and I will see you and hear you next time on sluts and scholars thank you guys I love what you're doing this is so great we love you we love you <laughs> And if you, like Ava, love what we're doing and want to make sure we get to do more of it, make sure to subscribe to Sluts and Scholars on wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review. Oh, and because you probably are a scholar as well, we're going to give you a little homework for next week. We are assigning you an article in honor of our guest next week, Hudzi Han, uh, and it's called BDSM Disclosure and Stigma Management, Identifying Opportunities for Sex Education. So if you want to take a look at that, we've included a link to that article as well. See y'all next week, slutty scholars.